Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. Suspense! Lee J. Cobb, a star of The Best. A suspense play produced, edited, and directed by William Spear. darkness into which I almost plunged. Or maybe I took the plunge and I'm in it now, in the dark. It doesn't usually happen in my business. But what's the use of talking about it? You don't say I'm too susceptible. And I say, you're right, I am susceptible. To faces and places. To women's faces. One woman's face. And to lost dark places on what I call the rim of the world. Places like Sierra Leone, Saigon, Balsall. Places like Trinidad. But you won't get it from reading atlases and maps. If you read, for instance, that the seasons of Trinidad are regular, wet from May to January, dry from the end of January to May, the average annual rainfall, 63 inches. You won't understand how I saw it when I landed at Port of Spain, Naples, the dry season. I remember it was a day so clear and bright that it was a world under glass. And I liked it. I liked the harbor, cathedrals, the old streets, the dry, spiced air. And that little shop I wandered into to get away from the blaze of the sun. I'd heard she went there. Bayam Brahmahari's shop of Hindu antiquities. Hello? Anybody here? Certainly. Good afternoon. I am Bayam Brahmahari. Oh, dark, I didn't see. Yes, I live here like a mole, and when the clock rings, it brings me customers every time. What can I show you? Well, I, I, I thought I'd look around. It's a pleasure. Look as you wish. You're a stranger in Port of Spain? I landed today. And you're an artist? Well, how did that? That's a sketch pad you carry. <laughs> yes, I think. You'll find Trinidad charming to paint until the rains come, Mr. Scott Turner. Mr. Scott Turner, yes. It's lovely until next month, then the green rain... Until the first of the year. Well, that sounds paintable, the rain. By the way, I believe <laughs> you know... Rain? Oh, no, the rain, it comes down so there's no... Oh, pardon me, please. Uh, Mrs. Barton, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Cyan. Did my Steve get here? Uh, yesterday, Mrs. Barton, I took him out of his straw nest. Yesterday, a beautiful white jade Shiva. I'll bring him in. Thank you. Oh, but first... First, this is Mr. Turner, a newcomer and an artist. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? I'll talk to him until I return, Mrs. Barton. I want him to see our Shiva, too. <laughs> well, we have our orders, Mr. Turner. Yes. Uh, what is it, a statue? A small one. It's my hobby. I collect Hindu gods. Do you know about them? A little. I've been to India. This is one I've wanted a long time. A statuette of Shiva from the dead city of Angorvat. It was buried for 3,000 years. Ah, I can see. It's small, Mrs. Barton, but 
is perfect. Look, not a blemish. Diane, he's beautiful. Isn't he beautiful, Mr. Turner? A great job, Sheila. Yes, he's quite the boy. Two hundred million people believe he controls lightning, thunder, their very lives. Shiva, beloved of women. Yes, he is, isn't he? And uh, beloved by you, Mrs. Bond. Oh, no. No, I have my own reason for being attracted to Shiva. Yes, what's your reason? Don't you remember what Shiva is, first of all? She's the god of destruction, Mr. Turner. And I like that. That's the kind of woman I am. She likes destruction. Of course, I knew that already about Ada Balton. She must have loved Trinidad, a place where a casual conversation turns suddenly intense, suddenly dangerous, where you never knew the whirlpool under your feet until you're in it. I was in that whirlpool in a second, and I'm still there. But, uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. I had no difficulty meeting Ada Barton again. You know how colonial cities are, the teeming population that belongs, and the handful of English, American, French, administrators, speculators, planters, who huddle together socially because, well, they're afraid. And even so ungregarious a man as Paul Barton was above inviting a visiting American to his home. But no matter how we met, he and I were bound to disagree. So you're an artist, Mr. Turner, eh? Well, I envy you. It must be uh, very pleasant not to have to work for your living. Well, naturally, I don't look at it that way. Paul, for heaven's sake. Oh, but Ada, my dear, surely neither you nor Mr. Turner can tend painting his labor, not productive labor. But that's not the point. Well, I think it's a point. And I think painting is productive. Although I must confess that painting seldom produces for the painter comfort such as you have here. I wish it did. More coffee, sir. Please, Miss Bob. Well, naturally, millions buy my sugar because it's a necessity. A picture on the wall isn't... It is for me, Paul. It is for the millions who buy your sugar, Mr. Barton. At least it's necessary for me to believe it's a necessity to them. A necessity for which they're starved. But I think your difference with me is more personal, Mr. Barton. Now... Now, wait a minute. You see, I think you envy me. <laughs> I, I envy you. Because you're a romantic who never found whatever you came here for. This is a beautiful island, Mr. Barton. In the dry season, yes. You built a beautiful house and you are married to an extraordinarily beautiful woman. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. But because you've pegged your dream to what the morning stock market has to say on the price of sugar, it's all ashes to you. So you resent me. The itinerant artist, symbol of the freedom you lost. Ashes? I love it. I'm a man who likes organization, utility, and there's plenty of romance in sugar. Yes, as much as there is in a Portuguese sloop, Java-bound, or in the ruined streets of Palmyra, gulls flashing in the sun over Sicily, or in Port of Spain tonight, with its smell of fast-growing things. To a man like me, who can claim the whole world because no part of it claims him. You are very persuasive, Mr. Tenner. You know what I think? I think you're irresponsible, Mr. Tenner, because you haven't the necessary courage to take responsibility. Oh, you're insulting. Maybe, but I put years of hard work into developing this business. Oh, you don't think I've worked? No. No, I don't think you have, and I don't think you can. Why, I'd bet $50,000 that you couldn't stick to a useful routine job for two years. What you call a useful routine job? Yes. 
Yes, I'll put up $50,000 that you couldn't stick it out. Say, here. Here, where you think it's so beautiful, working for me. Paul, don't be ridiculous. You can't buy everything with your money. I have an idea that Mr. Turner is... I don't know. Maybe he can. What kind of work, Mr. Barton? You can't be serious, Scott. Oh, it'll be work that you can do. Say, in my in my laboratory. I've got some things going on tropical diseases in addition to the necessary laboratory work for the sugar. Soil tests, uh, things like that. Well, I'm not a technician. Oh, I'd make it easy for you. I'm the technician. All you'd have to do is keep routine records for two years. For $50,000. Yeah, that's right. $50,000, or if you quit, nothing. It's a bet, Mr. Barton. It's a bet. What's that? Uh, what? That. <laughs> Rain, Mr. Turner. Rain for nine months. Endless, remorseless oceans of romantic rain. It'll make it easier for you to stay indoors. Endless, remorseless rain. I liked it at first because it blurred the passage of time. And somehow my job wasn't easy. And the fields around the laboratory, the cane grew up, was cut, grew and was cut. But inside the laboratory, where I lived day and night, all sound and life came wrapped in this silty, deadly, hypnotic drumming and hissing of rain. The first two months, only one thing bothered me. The petty needling of Paul Barton. We spent our mornings together, he making his tests while I wrote them up for the fire. Scarcely a day went by he didn't say something sharp or bitter. How's the romantic Mr. Turner today, hmm? Can you read any poetry into the smell of aniline dye? Two years, Scott, two years. Do you see what you're heading for? A laboratory stoop. And this rain will grow mold in your curly artist locks. <laughs> I guarantee it. Yes, my wife Ada fancies art too, Scott. She buys little things, paintings, statues. But she buys them with money from sugarcane, Scott. Or had you forgotten that? I hadn't forgotten that. I hadn't forgotten Ada. A dangerous woman, and I knew how dangerous. I knew things about her he didn't know. That she liked destruction. And every time he lashed out at me, I knew more. That for her own destructive purposes, she was feeding him this hate of me. Nurturing it with intention and care. Well, in the tropics, things grow fast. And Ada Barton's purposes grew fast. To pull flour. In the afternoons when Paul was out in the cane fields, she began to visit me in the laboratory. He's right. You are getting a scoop. Close the door. And a squint. It definitely doesn't become you, Scott. Well, I thought you were going into Port of Spain today. Did I say that? No, oh, I heard something to that effect. And so did Paul. The roads were swamped, and besides, something's wrong with Carr. One of the wires. Oh. 
You wouldn't know which wire. Well, I don't know what it's for. But if it's broken, the car won't run. No, I know that. Mm-hmm. Must you keep working? It isn't very polite of you. This isn't a salon, Ada. And these cultures have to be put away. You know, Scott, this whole business of your bet with Paul shocks me a little. I'm sorry. I mean, it shocks me to see what he's doing to you. Well, I'm shocked to see what you're doing to him, Ada. Don't change the subject. Why do you put up with it? Why do you stay here? Isn't $50,000 an understandable motive to you? Not for a man like you. You must have another motive. Hmm? Believe me, I haven't. I'm just that crass. Not even me, Scott? You might have been a motive. At first. Now I don't compete with Java, the Gulls of Sicily. Look, Ada. Why don't you give him a break? You don't mind taking his money. Why don't you take his turns, too? He doesn't ask much. Why don't you kiss me, Scott? Ada. Yes. Whose destruction, Ada? Destruction? Ed, which of us have you marked to destroy? Paul? Or me? I knew, if I wouldn't face it then, I knew whom she'd marked for destruction. Because I knew a lot about what kind of woman she was. And it wasn't more than six months before she laid her cards on the table. Five hundred thousand dollars, Scott. Half a million. And I'm his beneficiary. But if you'll wait, Ada, let me finish the two years. More than 18 months to go. I won't wait. But we'll have our money then. What? Fifty thousand dollars. Anyway, it can't be done. We wouldn't get away with it. You haven't even let me tell you how we can. When a man's insured for so much, his death is sure to be investigated. I know. I know, too. And an insurance investigator is thorough. He won't accept your grief, no matter how well you can act. He won't accept my being here. He'll find out who and why. He'll find out nothing that isn't on the death certificate. Listen to me. Darling, don't force me into it. Listen. Besides malaria, there are two diseases in Trinidad that kill hundreds every year. Typhoid and amoeba histolytica. My dear, please, all our lives... Paul's healthy. So he might recover from either one, alone. But if he has both, together. No, Ada, no matter how simple you make it, I will You go to the hospital at least once a week for laboratory supplies. You must have seen where they keep specimens, typhoid microbes, amoebas. No, Ada. The risk... You won't gamble for these stakes. You'll be rich, Paul. You'll be with me. Scott, you know where they keep the specimens. Ada, you remind me of something. Why don't you answer me? A spider spins a web. Scott! A male spider comes courting her. But before she'll have him, he has to catch a blue fly and bring it to her wrapped in his silk so that she can eat it alive. God. Then she accepts her mate. But the next day, she eats him alive. That's a horrible story. You don't really think that I... No. I don't suppose I do. You'll get the microbe then, won't you? Won't you, Scott? Ada... Let me think about it a little while. Let me at least pretend I'm a man with a conscience.
I wasn't expecting you this afternoon. I know, I know. You were expecting Ada. Well, she's here, too. Hello, Scott. Hello. I, uh... I just stopped by for a minute to tell you I have to go to Tobago. Tobago? Yes, I have a grinding plant there, and we're installing a new engine. I'll be gone about two days. I told Paul that Tobago in this weather... Yes, Paul, you're taking chances. I take enough adipin to keep on the right side of malaria. I'll be all right. Yes, but there's other things, typhoid. I've never known you to be so concerned before, either. Oh, Paul. Oh, if it weren't for certain other factors, my dear, I'd be quite believe you. What other factors? I don't want to be sorted, either. Surely I don't have to describe a situation you and Scott know better. What do you mean? All right. All right, we'll maintain the cultivated surface, if you wish. Uh, by, by the way, Scott, by the way, how do you feel now about our bet? Same as before, I'll win it. Yeah? Well, perhaps. Lately, I thought the whole thing was a mistake, at least on my part. We oh, want to call it off? I didn't say that exactly. I tell you, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it when I get back, the three of us. I may have a counter-proposal. Paul, you wouldn't dare. All right, we'll talk about it. Fine, fine, I'll be looking forward to it. Well, Ada? I think I'll sit here a while, Paul. It's so peaceful now that the rain stopped. Uh, it has stopped, I didn't know that true. A full peace. It'll begin soon again. Well, goodbye then. Goodbye, Paul. Take care. You heard you heard what he said. He's a little excited, Ada. It didn't mean a thing. Don't be a fool. It means you haven't any choice There's now. There's always a choice. Well, yes. Now you can choose me with a half a million dollars or nothing. Not one red cent. But he didn't say he wouldn't pay. That's what he means. He hates it. Both of us. And his only weapon is his money. What a triumph for him to hope she went to slaving here for eight months and then throw you out. Oh, no. He wouldn't dare. Don't you think I know him? You have to do what I say. How will you give it to him? The micro. In his food. It'll only take a drop. Say in, in caviar, he's a pig for it, like he is about everything else. Caviar, highly seasoned with sauce. You really planned this. Somebody has to plan. Do you want to? No. Well, he'll be home day after tomorrow. He'll ask you to come to the house for tea, and I'll give it to him then, so it will look like he cost him in Tobago. Hey, Ada, I... I'm not sure I can... I, I'm, I'm not... I am sure it's the only thing we can do. You love me, Scott. Now, will you get the specimens from the hospital? Will you? If anyone had told me that I... that I could do... Will you get the specimens, Scott? All right. I'll get them this afternoon. <laughs> That afternoon, the rain had stopped. It was no false teeth. The season was over, two weeks earlier. I drove into Port of Spain through a crawling, chalk-white mist with a strong, heady smell of decaying jungle. And the cessation of sound was enormous in my ears. It was as though the rain had stopped on a shout. I got the specimens, two tiny tubes of dynamically living death when I stored them away in the laboratory refrigerator, I riveted my mind on Ada's face and her incomparable voice. We can do so much together, Scott. 
You're a savage like me. Remember how you looked at Shiva that first day? I could tell we're alike. No little stifling morality. We're beyond such things, you and me. Beyond pity or shame. Yes. Quite beyond shame. Or pity. Be very careful, my darling. Eat only the caviar without sauce. We'll leave all the rest for him. The afternoon Paul Barton came back, I walked to the house he was so proud of. There was still mist on the ground, but thinly fast. The dry season had begun. The only sound beside my footsteps was the last rainfall dripping from the giant trees and the hushed, mysterious voice of the jungle itself. Ada met me at the door. You can't possibly understand about her face. Vitality isn't the word. There is no word. Her face was the indestructible essence of life. When I saw her, there were no more doubts. She took me into the room where she kept the Hindu guard, where Paul was already sitting over his tea. Oh, hello, Doctor. Come in. Well, you did invite me. Yeah, of course, of course. But you surprised me again. You're punctual as well as tenacious. Help yourself to tea, Scott. I'll get the caviar. Thanks, Ada. I'm... <laughs> I'm sorry I disappoint you so often, Paul. Uh, disappoint me? By not conforming to your preconceived portrait of an artist. Oh, that's not where I misjudge. I had a preconceived portrait of the kind of man my wife thinks she wants. She wants a fool and a weakling. Paul, I won't sit here and discuss Here's the... Here's the caviar. With sauce and without. New crackers over from England. Made his pastry for you, Scott. You like fruit. Pull out that little table. Yeah, I'll do it. Thank you. You're right, Scott. We won't discuss that. That's beside the point. We were going to discuss my counterproposal. Oh, Oh, let's not have unpleasantness right away. You assume it's unpleasant, not for me. I just want to say I'm closing the laboratory. Put the crackers over here. I'd like to hear your reason. Well, then, the research is no longer necessary, and I want you to leave Trinidad. You're worried about Ada, aren't you? Oh. We're dropping the cultivated surface, are we? Well, yes. Ah, caviar and sauce. <laughs> My wife prepares this very well, Scott. Yes. I wonder how well you know her. I know her pretty well. Now, you're thinking of the 50,000, of course. Oh, really, Scott? Try this. Ada puts everything in it. Did I... Did I say something? Put it down. What? Put the caviar down, Paul. It's deadly. Scott, you fool. Yes. There's everything in it, including death. Typhoid amoebas, she prepared it very well. Ada. Ada, this... I'm going to kill you, Scott. I hadn't intended to just yet. I know. Oh, of course you'd have a gun. How many men have you killed, Ada? How many helpless, hypnotized men have helped you to kill and then have themselves died? How many husbands, lovers... How did you know? Oh, I'm not such a romantic figure, Ada. I came here with some previous knowledge of you. You see, I was sent here for a purpose. I didn't meet you by accident. But I didn't know what you'd be like. How much of a spell you and the rain could cast. 
But it's over the rains and everything. Yes, I was sent to investigate because of all the insurance. An insurance man? How dismal. You don't deserve even a... You killed him. You killed him. Yes. I killed him. Yes, I'm haunted. I keep away from rain because she flourishes if it rains too long. She comes back like a dank, strong jungle vine, flowered and perfumed. But tough to the core, she winds herself around me. She tries to drag me once more to that precipice above that darkness, an existence beyond shame or pity or morality. B.J. Cobb, as star of the best, tonight's study in Suspense. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service.